Another episode of Bed Talks. We've been on a bit of a hiatus. A long hiatus, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, we're revving up again. We had our little holiday break. We had a nice little turkey getaway. break, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> if you all were able to see what I'm doing right now, uh, we have some new technology um, on hand, and I'm leaning into the mic each time. It's, oh, which uh, is why he's encouraging me probably to do the same. Yes, I almost feel like I'm about <laughs> to sing a song or a soliloquy or something. But anyway. No, but welcome to welcome back to the show. We are super excited and pumped to have Dr. Cheryl Luther on today, affectionately known as Dr. Cheryl. Um, she is a sports performance physician. She specializes in neuroscience, optimal performance, and concussion recovery. She's passionate about CTE research. She's just super accomplished. I don't think I can even do her justice. I'm going to have her talk a little bit about her background, but she's been um, nominated several years to the Our Detroit Magazine as one of Metro Detroit's leading physician top docs. Um, she also helps current and former athletes who suffer from chronic pain, fogginess, headaches, concentration problems, and other altering symptoms that come from being an athlete. So my husband is so gonna appreciate the show because he is an athlete. Um, and she has worked... Yeah, and she's worked with current and former players across all spheres, including NFL, NHL, NBA, WFA, NWFA, pro volleyball, and many others. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, Dr. Cheryl. Thanks for having me. It's, it's great to be with you guys. Yeah. So, I mean, you... We could have did the show just on all your accolades. I mean, I think we can end right now. I mean, and the list, I don't even... I mean, my goodness. We, we can end. Dr. Cheryl, that's it. It's good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. <laughs> no, so like we want to hear about your journey because <laughs> she said, "Well done." <laughs> so we want to hear more about your journey because you know before the show we always talk to our guests a little bit, and you were saying it wasn't linear, and I think this is a great you know message to people out there because sometimes as you're pursuing things, we can get very frustrated and not figuring out like what am I supposed to be doing? Why aren't I here yet? And so I'm really curious to hear what you meant by saying your path wasn't that linear and mm. how you got oh, to where absolutely. you are. Yeah, so my path started, um, I, I grew up in, in Metro Detroit and not to a very wealthy family. We were on the poor side of things, uh, looking for, for changing the couch, you know, for milk at lunch. Uh, so I knew my, my only way out was a scholarship. So I worked my tail off on the soccer field and I was able to get a scholarship to go to Grand Valley, which was fantastic. From Grand Valley, I graduated with a bachelor's in communications, but I had no idea what I actually wanted to do with my life. I just wanted to play soccer. <laughs> but I had already established a couple of knee injuries, and that, that wasn't in the long-term goal plan. Um, the national team wasn't going to take me with, with so many injuries. So I needed to figure out what I was going to do. And I did a lot of soul searching, and I ended up deciding that I really love helping people, and I want to be a doctor. But at that point, I realized that I pass out when I see blood. <laughs> so being a surgeon wasn't in the cards. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. So I had to figure out some, some other way to be able to help people. And because I'm so sports-oriented, chiropractic and sports chiropractic in particular um, really tickled my fancy. So I went down to Georgia. I earned a couple of degrees down there. And in the meantime, I... I, I was really interested in football. So I was like, I'm just going to try out for the women's pro team and see what happens. And lo and behold, I made it. 
And then I got transferred to Atlanta and I played most of my career in Atlanta. And then I graduated and came back up to Detroit and played another couple of years here in Detroit. So I, I had some really cool athletic experiences, but in the meantime, I was also nourishing my brain and understanding that, that sports is so much more than just putting somebody out on the field and telling them to go hit or, or kick a ball or um, run down the field. There's so much more involved. And when the body's not working right, it's, it's a recipe for disaster, honestly. It's a, it's a place where injury occurs. And that, that led me down to more of the sports medicine side of things. Um, as my career came to an end in football, I was realizing, hmm, I've got a couple of memory issues. I, uh, things don't feel right. I don't feel right. My hormones aren't right. Something's not right with me. I'm not the athlete that I used to be. Yes, I'm getting older, but this is feels different. So that led me down the path of looking into what everybody's now talking about is CTE. It's chronic traumatic encephalopathy, and it's caused by a lot of hits to the brain. And I've and had a lot of hits to the way, brain. By the way, I'm sorry. By the way, I was actually, I was going to ask you if you could please pronounce. I knew the CT, of course, was chronic traumatic. I that endo, I'm sorry, my tongue was getting twisted. Even when I first heard of CTE uh, a few years ago in football, and I was like, okay, how in the world do you pronounce that name? It almost gave the impression of supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, okay? So would you please just, just give the acronym, the meaning of each, uh, each uh, uh, letter in that again? So it's chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Encephalopathy. Okay. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Yes. CTE. So, and it's a scary thing because what happens is when we have a concussion, um, our brains shift. So we have the gray matter and the white matter in, in our brains and they, they shift at different velocities. So it's not necessarily that your head, head is hitting, your brain is hitting the side of your head. What's happening is the brain is shifting like jello at different velocities and they're shearing off of each other. So you have the axons and you have the, the, the axon body and then you have the head of the body, head of the neuron, and they're shearing off of each other. And it's creating fireworks in your brain and everything's exploding at the same time. And then the body has a hard time of regulating, down-regulating that explosion. And so what we see with CTE is multiple re, m- multiple incidents of that, that parts of the brain, and particularly in the center of the brain is where it starts, is that the neurons start to die. And then we start looking at those memory issues. We start looking at the hormone issues. We start looking at the insomnia. We start looking at dementia. And, and that's does- what ends up, we go down this path of dementia. And that's why people have such adverse reactions to playing football, rugby, um, MMA, because they're at a point where they can't think and they don't understand what's wrong with them. And they're down the path of dementia and they don't know it. And this is it what I was going to ask you. So are you saying that with CTE, is it, has it been proven or is it diagnosed that these athletes, uh, if they did not play football, would they have still suffered from these, I guess, neurology, you know, issues? Or does dealing with CTE, does it speed up? that process because you were talking about dead neurons and so forth. Mm -hmm. So yes, there's not enough research to definitively anything at this point. The research that is most recent in the last three to five years, it is, is coming quite quickly, but it's only in the last three to five years that people have really studied the brains. And what we're, what we're seeing is that 
the incidence of CTE is much greater in individuals who have had multiple brain traumas, whether that be, it could be in the army, could be shooting guns multiple times, big booms, could be getting hit with the, in, on the football field. It could be a boxer. It could be somebody who's been in multiple car accidents. So it's not just athletes. It's people who have had sustained brain problems, multiple brain traumas. And when you so say we're multiple, that the incidence goes up for those people. Gotcha. And when you say multiple car accidents, the first thing that came to mind was, yeah, that's what happens on the football field every Sunday, every Thursday, every Monday. I heard an NFL player say this once, and I never thought of it like this. He said, "People don't realize we're in a car accident every game." I had never mm -hmm. thought of it like that. So to hear you make that comparison, it, you mm -hmm. know, it, it makes uh, sense. Unfortunately. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it is a, it is an unfortunate thing. And I'm, I'm maybe not the typical doctor. I say go play. Mm -hmm. I say then let's, let's rehab you before you, if you get injured, let's rehab you before you go out and get hurt again. But go play. There are so many cool things about sports, teams, coaches, the things that you learn about yourself, responsibility, and, and being a good teammate. So there's, there's this like weird thing where mom's like, I'm never letting my kid play football. I'm like, please let them play. Just let's be safe about it. That's the competitor in you though. And, and, you know, again, being an athlete uh, myself, notice I didn't say former, um, I still pride myself in wanting to be an athlete. Uh, but right. no, it, it is something about the mental aspect of being an athlete. I don't care what sport it is. Um, I, you know, I tell Elizabeth, or I have told her before, uh, there are injuries I used to be very hard headed about. Um, not getting it thoroughly checked, um, not getting it, you know, thoroughly, uh, you know, analyzed, but just putting an ice pack on it and hey, let's go. Because, you know, being an mm -hmm. athlete is a warrior mentality that comes with that. Um, and I so, I so agree with you, but also being a coach, there have been times where I had to understand that those were the days of old. You really do have to give attention when a, a, a student, a child, an adolescent, you know, states that, you know, they, they feel a pain in their thigh or something like that. You know, when I was coming up, you know, it was like, you didn't even bring it up because, oh, it's a pain. You know, you're a warrior. You don't right? want to sit. Yeah. You rub Ex some dirt in it and you just keep going. Exactly. I'm not the same. That's the same generation. Exactly. You exactly. didn't complain about anything because you wanted to play. Exactly. But that's, I think that's the cool thing that's happening. And you probably know better than I do being a coach. I haven't coached in a couple of years, but the, the mentality is changing a little bit to try to balance. Yes. Some kids are going to come to you and they're going to complain about every Everything. little thing. Like, dude, you're, you're fine. You're, that yeah, It's not even a scratch. I'm sorry. Exactly. There's nothing there. And then you've got these other kids that are trying to play through mm -hmm. massive injuries. Exactly. So it's finding that balance and using your medical staff right. to be able to say, okay, that person is malingering. That person is lying. They're, right. they're, they're faking it versus right. this person is very serious and maybe they're not taking it as serious as they need to. Mm -hmm. Let's take a closer look. Awesome point. And I, I refer to that as the lion and the lamb. I love that comparison that you made because I've had to make that assessment myself over the years. Like you just said, the lambs bless their hearts. You know, they're the ones that every a paper cut, they need stitches. And I'm the type like, okay, uh, please go put a bandaid on it and let's keep pushing. But then you have the lion athlete whom, as you said, oh my goodness, you got to pull him or her back. Like, okay, look, uh, I can actually see a part of your bone sticking out of your thigh. You know, I'm being extreme, but what I'm saying is that mentality, yes, you do have to pull that individual back and try to find the balance and medium in between. So when I heard you say, 
dealing with these, you know, injury issues, CTE and so forth. I like what you said. You said, look, OK, go play. You know, we, we you know, we've already analyzed it. You're fine. No need to take a whole two, three weeks off, because, again, I think that's the competitor that still lurks and lies within you. As oh, an yeah, <laughs> it's, it's here. It's, it never goes away. Yeah. I want to touch on that because it sounds like you went through some things, which is what spurred mm. your passion around this. So I wanted to kind of hear about your journey of like how you navigated through it, because, I mean, I know we some people also suffer from like TBI, traumatic brain injuries mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. other injuries. And sometimes there's also that psychological component of it as well. There's a fear after it happens. So, like, I'm curious, like, what got you passionate about it and how did you overcome the psychological piece? It, it sounds like you're very competitive. You you just want to jump back in. But for people, I you, wish I could. <laughs> but for those Every day, that, I wish I could go back to the football field. Oh, what <laughs> position did you play, by the way? Uh, don't tell me. Um, hold on. Hold on. Don't tell me. I'm pretty good at this because I've okay. coached a long time. I don't claim to be a specialist in soccer, but I've coached and trained a lot of athletes. You are, were you a wing? Are you saying American Ooh. football or European football? Good point. Good point. So let me ask this then. Are you a striker? I used to be. I actually played center mid as center a, mid. As a okay. soccer player. That's, that's what I picked up. Okay. All right. Nice. Center mid as a soccer player and uh, right, uh, I'm sorry, uh, usually the Z position. So wide receiver and then I re returned everything in football. So all the punts, all the kicks. I um, guess wide receiver. Things. I'm a huge football fan. I, I was guessing wide receiver. So that part I was like thinking. I hate playing the fast. slot, but I ended up there a lot. Okay. And I like, you know, it's funny because when you ask the question, American football, I said, oh, that's right. She played, she played American ball. football yeah. and, of course, European soccer right. football. Wow. What are some parallels that you find between both sports? Ooh, well, I think that's a great question, first off. Um, I think that the needing of a team to be successful is absolutely crucial. And you, you both said that you, you love football. So football, you know, there are 11 people on the field. Same, same with soccer, 11 people. But you need every single person mm -hmm. doing their job and doing their job well for that play not to get busted. Right. So if any of your teammates are not communicating or not on the same page or they think they're running a different play, then somebody could potentially get hurt mm -hmm. and the, the – Play is definitely pooched unless you've got some, you know, stroke of luck that makes something else happen. But with soccer, same. Um, you, you need your teammates to be able to move the ball appropriately. You need the, your teammates to be able to defend, whether you're in zone or man. You absolutely have to have a full team that is communicating on the same page and has the same mindset to be able to reach your goal, which is to put points on the board and not allow the other team to score, obviously. Right. So if, if you're not working with your teammates... Yeah. Good luck to you. Well, you, you know this uh, better than most, um, whether it's in basketball, football, let's let's go to American football. You know, one cannot go up against 11. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's impossible. And, uh, in basketball, you know, even though we've had some great ones, um, you know, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, and these individuals had to learn the hard way that, yeah, you can put up 60, 70 points and you still taking an L. Whoa, hold on. I got four other guys, you know, and, and whether it's in football, I have, you know, 10 other other guys or gals that you know uh, that are going to help us meet this goal that we're trying to attain. Um, but I do have a question because you said something earlier that I so could relate to when you talked about blood. Now I also have a weak spot. I'm so serious, and I have to ask you, Miss um, Hero, if how did you overcome that for the greater good of what you wanted to pursue? 
in the field? That uh, you're a lot of um, a lot of mental work, a lot of breathing through it, mm-hmm. um, exposing myself to to different situations. I did become an EMT, which that was scary. I did that on purpose um, to, to kind of expose myself. I also, um, I, I really enjoyed our cadaver classes in mm. school. It was hard, it was stinky and smelly, and it was really emotionally difficult to get through the classes. But after going through those classes, I had, I had so, I gained so much respect for the inside of the human body. Mm. And so exposure, I guess, is the best answer. And mm. it's been so worth it to try to get past that uncomfortableness. Um, and and these days, I don't seem to have the same reaction that I did when I was younger. Wow. Exposure. <laughs> I, so I, I come from corporate-wise, a healthcare background, and I know exactly what you're talking about. And so I used to be in surgical suites. And the first time, it was embarrassing because I almost passed out I was wondering because the smells <laughs> and just the experience and to your point but then mm-hmm. after you get into it I I too the body is just amazing and he and you know and Kay always says is like your body is your temple and when you mm-hmm. actually see the inside of a body and how it operates and just how everything is so mechanically precise and that it's up to us to actually keep it fine-tuned and functioning optimally um, mm-hmm. you, you get past it, but yes, it's very gross at first. <laughs> it, it takes a mindset totally. to push past that. And, and I remember that first experience, the doctor was so sweet. He was a surgeon. And I said, um, you're getting, your voice is getting farther away. And I don't think I can stand up much longer. He's like, oh, you're getting ready to pass out. So you need to sit. <laughs> and then I had to collect myself and I went back in. But then once I went back in and I just got to see some of the organs, I was like, this is pretty amazing. So I can only imagine what a cadaver um, that experience would be to really study. It was fascinating. Um, Absolutely yeah. fascinating. The unfortunate thing is that, and, and this is something that I hope that more football players, more rugby players, more people out there will donate their brain to science, particularly for CTE research because we are running out of, of bodies of to, to actually yeah. look in. Our school, uh, the one that I went to, Life University, fantastic school, but it's now an elective to go in the cadaver lab. Cadaver lab. We had months and months and months, we had a full year of being in the cadaver lab. We all had our own, we had a team that we'd work on different cadavers and we'd open up and see different things, move things around. We had, you know, fat people. We had skinny people. We had strong people. We had little people. We had all sorts of different varieties. So you got to see a lot of stuff. And these days, these kids are, they're learning on computers. It's not they're the learning same. on touch it's screens touching. that are body size. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same. Not so the same. I, yeah. if anybody's out there listening, please donate your body to science so we can get more kids, yeah, more doctors. I mean, and I do want, right, I do want to loop back to my question, but I want to talk about that a little bit. I mean, I remember when the movie came out uh, that Will Smith was in where he played the doctor who really discovered the CTE because you had these players who were having really um, aggressive moments and volatile moments, which speaks to what you talked about, the explosiveness happening in the brain, the lack of uh, emotional regulation that was happening. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's I know now the NFL has tried to, like, encourage some things mm-hmm. that happen in protocols when someone is hit but again football is like it's a violent sport, it's a violent sport. <laughs> and i know they're also trying to kind of like take away certain types of hits to kind of lessen right the impact on the players but from your lens i mean do you feel like that's been enough or i mean is there any other things that you know they could be doing to help be- before it becomes a uh, professional flag football 
Yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, I don't know if I have the right answer to be completely honest, but I'm happy to be in the room with others who want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm excited that you asked that question because I don't have, like, like I said, I don't have the answers, yeah. but I think that the NFL is trying a little bit. I think that they could make bigger changes. I think the helmets are a good thing. I don't, I don't think the helmet technology is actually there yet. I think that they're headed the right direction. Um, some of the rule changes I do like. I, I'm sad to see some of those big plays go away. Oh, thank you. Ronnie Lott. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. You know? I miss them. Oh, I, I love seeing them. I love being in them. I love cracking somebody back. Mm-hmm. I love laying somebody out in their ear hole. But you know what? That's just not how it You're goes. You're not supposed days. to be talking like that, Miss CTE specialist. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I love it. I, I love it. I'm serious. And and look, again, like Elizabeth was saying, you know, yes, the NFL has, has tried to make certain modifications. But let's be real. The NFL has known about this for years. I'm a firm believer in that. I actually read up on some things when CTE started surfacing and I'm like, come on now, Roger Goodell, come on NFL. Don't act as if you did, you weren't aware of this, nor your predecessors, you know, but I'm so with you. Those hits, there's no more fear for a tight end, a wide receiver to come up the middle. You know why? Because Ronnie Lott's style of play is gone. You, You can't do that anymore. And I get it with the safety issue, but it's football. And these things are going to happen. But yes, you are so right. It's like now if I do see a hit and Elizabeth knows because we both will celebrate. Sometimes we see a good hit. We kind of pause. Like, oh, boy, what's the penalty? <laughs> like, what's the penalty? Yeah, exactly. And I never thought it would be like that in football. Uh, you remember Deacon Jones? He was known for his clotheslining. I mean, I can understand him taking that out because you can literally decapitate someone's head. <laughs> but these other hits trying to protect the athlete it's to me it's, it's more of a hindrance on the defense. It just gives the offense free reign. I I partially agree with you. Mm-hmm. I but I think that there are some other things that could be done, not necessarily taking away the the uh, prowess of the defense. I think changing the field turf back to actual grass. Mm-hmm. We 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 weren't designed to run around on ground up tires. We're we're human beings, and we're designed to run on grass and dirt. So some like some of those things make more sense to me than. Yes, we need to make some some plays that changes in some of the plays. Some of the special teams, I know um, they maybe I know that they've moved the the ball, and now now yeah. you have to stand and you can't yeah. run. And there's all these rules, but I still feel like we're missing something bigger in the field of play that I don't have the answer for, but I know we can do better. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. I, I, I like what you said about the helmet technology because there has been other technology and other sports that they've been able to build, like even the soccer players and the things they play with. Now, they're very unprotected from the concussion piece, but there's things they now can build into like the equipment that people are using and the equipment they're wearing. So I, I, I don't think the technology for even the helmet part of it has caught up to that. And I think there's things like that that can also be done to protect you know, the player as well when they're getting those hits. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, but I think, again, it's the velocity of it. It's the intensity of it. So it's just a tough um, sport. But you yourself said you went through kind of some, you know, situations where you noticed you were having memory loss. Some things were also, can you talk us through like that experience? And how did you get yourself through that? Because I know you talk about the neuroscience of sports performance, but there's also a, a huge psychological piece, I'm guessing, 
to absolutely performance as well. So just curious. Yeah, I, I think recognizing that it's not my fault was a big one, but that I was encouraged to play, that I loved playing. I chose to play and that was okay. Not, not beating myself up with that guilt of playing was a big part of it. Um, and then recognizing that, okay, this is not normal. So what is normal? And how do I get closer to normal? Who do I need to seek out to, to help me do those things? Um, like I mentioned, I, I, my memory was, was not quite what it used to be. Um, I, oh my goodness, I, have been, I still struggle to this day. Uh, it's, it's probably my biggest nemesis is insomnia. I don't sleep well at night. That's my biggest brain problem. Um, you know, there's sexual dysfunction, there's hormone problems, there's brain fog, there's all sorts of things that happen when your brain's not functioning right. And it, and it goes back to the pituitary, the pituitary getting the right signals. There's like, there's all these things that are happening. So how did I get past it was really, let's find out what normal is. How do I get closer to normal? How did I get closer to normal was making sure that I was eating right, making sure that I was still getting a lot of blood flow. So a lot of cardio, I love lifting heavy, but that's not what my brain needed. So I needed more cardio. I got on the bike. Um, I did, I couldn't run because the horizon bounces because that's part of a, a brain injury problem. Um, so with the horizon bouncing, it makes you feel a little nauseous. It doesn't feel so good. So cycling is a really great way to get the blood flow moving, which helps push out the glymph, which is the, the fluid around the brain. So you can push that out, get rid of the, the waste products. Um, looking at so there's a fantastic uh, neurologist. He's in Florida and he he's spawned all these other people who work in the brain health realm, but mostly in ADHD, um, kids on the spectrum. And they do a lot of vestibular exercises. So like uh, a temperature change in the ear or I don't have my glasses, um, glasses, one will be blocked out. Uh, red glasses, uh, the hemispheres will be blacked out. Um, I do have, I love this. I use this all the time. This is my laser. I don't know if you can see it. <laughs> so what you do is you use your, your core to be able to move that laser and you try to do it in a straight line and circles and different patterns. So you're, you're getting feedback, immediate feedback to your vestibular system where you are in space. And that tells the brain, it lets your ears and your eyes connect in your brain so you don't feel dizzy and weird. So a lot of, a lot of rehab, a lot of That's rehab. It sounds like, like it's a process and it's never perfected because it's, it's, that damage has been done, but you could still move towards making it better as much as you can. Absolutely. And the more that I dig, the more that I find. And one of the crucial parts that I'm, that I'm really excited about because it's a rather newer, it's a newer technology is um, carbon supplements. And they, it, this, this company's amazing. I, I don't, I don't get anything for plugging them, but Cellcor, amazing, amazing group. Um, so what they've created is a protocol to pull the toxins out of the system, mm -hmm. and you do it in a systematic way. So if you can pull all the toxins out of your bowels, then your lymph. Uh, so you'd be like bile and duct, then your lymph, then your glymph. So you go in in order. You pull all the toxins out. Your brain can function. So your cells actually have receptors on all of them. And if they're clogged with heavy metals, with pesticides, with weird stuff, then your, your hormones, the melatonin that says go to sleep, 
can't get to the cell, so it doesn't function. That speaks to that delicate nature of the Okay, okay. So now how does this work? Because you guys are talking as if, oh, yeah, you just drink a few sips and it draws all the metals and toxins. Okay, this is for my layman's out there, okay? How does this work? I mean, and is it proven, okay, to pull, as you said, toxins from, I guess, all parts of your, your body? Yes, yes. It, there's there's lots of research out there. Um, so it's a long process, it, and it depends on the human body that you're working with. For some people, you can do it really quick in like four months. Other people, it takes two and three years. Depends on what your toxin load is. And you start off small. You start off like trying to have bowel movements. You, you're, you're pooping stuff out, and then you work into the liver and the, the bile ducts, and then you're working into the, the lymph and the glymph, and then you get into the cellular, cellular level. And so this it's, is something it's you drink every day? Systematic. This is something mm-hmm. you drink every day? This is, they're, they're tablets. Mm-hmm. They're oh, tablets. So you have protocols. Um, so once you finish one protocol, you step into the next. And there's about six to eight phases of that, depending on what's going on with that human. So supplements. And it's the carbon technology that that um, Cellcor has patented that allows for the nutrients to stay in the body, the ones that you're supposed to have stay in the body, and the toxins are bound to that carbon, and you poop it out. So you feel lighter, I know. I do. <laughs> you had to go there. You had to go there. He was waiting for that. He was you guys have kids? We do. Yeah, you're not afraid of poop. Oh, no. Not at all. Blood? Yes. Poop? No. No. And when they got old enough, trust me, I made sure they cleaned up their own uh, poop. Yeah, good. Wow. I mean, this has been such an um, interesting conversation. And I, you know, we are appreciating the work you're doing, the passion that you continue, you know, to have towards helping people through this. I'm sure you have some great stories. Is there anything that stands out in your mind as far as someone you work with where you just were able to really change um, the narrative for them and help them to get, you know, the right rehab? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's there's a couple of good stories. Um, I'm working with a, a gentleman right now who's He came to me extremely depressed. He was a fantastic athlete, Olympic level athlete, and he just slowly started to decline. Um, Brain health was an issue, but he was also having some other stuff that um, may may have contributed. He he was a motorhead. He liked uh, motorcycles. He loves cars. Um, So the chemicals that are around the fuel and the oils and stuff like that. Uh, So as we started to unwind him, he's become the athlete that he used to be and he is just thriving and so happy and I love it when people are thriving that's that's why I do this is I could keep it all to myself but what's the fun of that I like it when people are, are doing the things that they love and they can contribute to other people no so, I think yeah I think that's amazing that you're able to impact people and I can tell that you're very purpose-driven because when you get into it because I remember talking to her about this and listening to her talk about she goes in in the zone in the zone zone. but it's all good I mean because there's people out there that are going through these things that need to hear there are some other and I like the question that Elizabeth asked um asked you pertaining to what uh, a person or what uh particular experience can you recall that you know you felt like you really helped the individual get through uh, what they were trying to get through, whether it was injury, whether it was mental, whether it was all the above. But now I have to ask you, so who was that person for you that helped you navigate and get through, you know, that cycle, that season um, of, of, of uh, challenges? Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, 
I'm pretty self-motivated. It's me. Mm. It's uh, it's me continuing to dig and say, this is not good enough. Mm. I, I don't feel good and this is not normal. And I'm not willing to give up on myself because this is, this is no way to live. And so I just kept digging and finding and scraping and understanding. And then I experimented. I can't even tell you how many therapies I've been through. Mm. Uh, mental, physical, uh, supplement. I've tried everything. And I know what works and what doesn't at this point because I, I am a human guinea pig. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And I'm going to be honest with you. You've, you've kind of inspired me in such a way that uh, I think we should start a team. Um, I want to get you back out on the, whether it's the soccer field, whether it's the football field. Um, <laughs> we can start off flag football and we can work our way up because when you are a self-starter, self-motivator, oh my goodness, I can rock with athletes, students. I can rock with individuals like that all day because I kind of pride myself in the same. It's not to say that I don't need uh, people sometimes to help me get through certain things. Um, but I love what you said. You know, I, I can be somewhat of a recluse and just just whether it's early in the a.m., whether it's praying, whether it's just releasing, running anything to help get mm -hmm. myself through and to where I need to be. So that's big. But, yeah, let's talk about starting that team. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Hey, flag football is now an Olympic sport. It is? Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. I believe the next, the first, first games that we'll have, I think, isn't LA is going to have? I think it's LA, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, because, right. you know, skateboarding also. Skateboarding also. Skateboarding. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Lots of injuries in that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. Next, we'll have ball squeezing as this is the next Olympic. How many times can you squeeze the ball? <laughs> But anyway, oh, it's man. been fantastic um, to have you on the show, to, you know, hear your story, to hear your experiences. Can you tell people where to find you and learn out, learn more about the work you're doing? Right now, the only way to get a hold of me for this work is through my Calendly link. And maybe I can give that to you guys to include with, uh, with your podcast. Yeah. Um, that's the, that's a, the only way that, that you're actually going to get a hold of me. Uh, otherwise, I'm still practicing, um, physically practicing in an office, and I'm, I'm working on a couple other projects. But I have a small sliver reserved just for this. All right. Well, you keep doing the work that you're doing. Um, I could tell you love the work you're doing and that you're making impact and changing lives, literally helping people really live their best life, especially from an athletic um, perspective for people who've lost that. So thank you so much for being on the show tonight. I think this was a good It actually good was, and I think uh, the doctor would appreciate this. Um, uh, it doesn't take greatness to start, but it takes you to start in order to be great. Absolutely. Okay, micro, okay. Steps, micro steps, <laughs> micro steps forward. All right, Dr. Sherrill, thank you guys. Thank you for being on our show. You guys want to find out more about Dr. Sherrill Luther, we will include a link so you can get to connect with her if that's something that interests you. And this will wrap up the show. Um, please remember to subscribe to future episodes of Bed Talks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other platforms. Um, and we're going to take off now. Until next time, XOXO.